Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Miss Susan Weed. Herbal's medicine is people's medicine, and we will be right back. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. to that song and 
I'm so happy with this band and everything we do, including some future things we'll get later, but now tonight we are with Susan Weed, the master herbalist running the Wise Woman Center up there in New York, and I'm, I see she's in the queue. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Susan. Hi, I'm just about to sniff, sniff, sniff. Uh, uh, maybe I'm not. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> that one's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, if you are the master of something, you have mastery. But if you're the mistress of something, you have mystery. Correct. I like it. So I would <laughs> far rather be a mistress of herbal medicine than a master of herbal medicine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. My correction. And I was going to ask you if that piece was by your band because I really liked it a lot. I loved the the little fiddle solo in the middle. <laughs> If I hadn't been, you know, here all getting ready for a radio show, I would have just gotten up and danced. <laughs> and that's good. That's the effect we wanted. And, of course, my, my backup singer, well, she's no longer, she joined us, so I was saying backup singer because she was learning the material, And but she's more of a dual vocalist. We are on equal terms in that. It's just that for the album, she, she was new and we were finishing the album, but she's actually going to start singing more and occasionally singing lead, and we'll sort of swap back and forth and sort of be like a dual vocalist band is, is my intention. Woohoo! That's That sounds real good. Yes, and well, I've been very you. happy with it, and it's been a, a great experience to work with uh, some really great people like uh, Nikki and Nina and everyone else involved, Jim and Ashley and Stefan and my brother and everybody else, uh, our engineer and everything. So it's been, it was pretty, my favorite album that I've ever put out for sure. So it's been a great experience. All right. And tell us the name of the album again. It is Songs of the New Old Ways. And the band is Dragon's Head. And that song was Dragon. called I Will Find You Again. A little bit about, just like it sounds, it could be about you know a, a, someone that you loved in the past. It's also a little bit about the reincarnation and not really worrying about time so much. The opening line is, time is not your enemy. It's a vessel gently guiding me. It's me that makes the waves, right? It's not the, the boat. It's not the vessel. <laughs> <laughs> causing the trouble, so it's uh, you know time is that gentle vessel guiding you, and it's us that makes the the problems, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Ah, you... well, how wonderful to have such lively music, such skillful music, such interesting music, and then when you actually stop to listen to the words, it can really engage your spirit as well as your mind. Hopefully. <laughs> I know. And I've always been someone who believes in writing about something that, um, you know, feels important or meaningful, but not exactly preachy or anything like that. But I think 99% of the market is saturated by someone complaining about their boyfriend or girlfriend. Nothing wrong with that either. 
some of my favorite songs are great love songs like that, whether modern or older. But there is in this album a lot of spiritual <clears throat> images and things laced throughout there, and sometimes just fun, and sometimes even just in a slightly, I guess, campy way, just just having fun with it. And uh, so it's been, like I said, it's been an interesting experience. <laughs> That's certainly what we've been doing with the trees of the 13 moons. <laughs> it's having fun with them, right? Of course. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite things about the Main Street universe is that you give everyone permission to have fun. And I believe in that. <laughs> All right. Not taking ourselves too too terribly seriously. Though it's too happened occasionally on terribly there. seriously. Deal with it, um, you know. <laughs> and occasionally it does, but uh, occasional angry caller on some of the other shows, not so much this one. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's uh, people take themselves too seriously. What? I'm not getting angry callers. I must not be outrageous enough. <laughs> Provoke people. Come on. I'll have to try. Only because it's only a half hour. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> We do usually get our angry uh, because I need the prognosticating like, about the future. <laughs> right, we talk about things like trees, which are, trees just aren't very argumentative. <laughs> I mean, like I've gotten in an argument or two with a person about a tree, but rarely have I gotten into an argument with a tree. Right. <laughs> Grandmother used to say that trees exhale all day long and inhale all night long. And that's why they live so long, because they take only one breath in 24 hours. I like that. Yeah. And because I like trees, and I figure that other people like trees, too, we've been devoting lots of time to this task of looking at the trees of the 13 moons. And for those who've been listening along, you know that the reason we're saying that there's 13 moons is because there's 13 new moons in a solar year. There's 12 months, but there's 13 moons. Mm-hmm. And that there was a uh, a system which was somewhat hieroglyphic, somewhat alphabetic, and yet its own thing called Ogum. And that these ogum marks were linked up with a wide variety of patterns, including the pattern we're looking at, which is the trees of the 13 moons. And not that there's only 13 ogums. There certainly are more ogums, and there's more trees. But they are trees of the holidays, like summer solstice, yeah. which we're right at. Yeah. And the tree of summer solstice is the oak tree, the mighty oak tree at the center of our cycle, and that's why last week we took uh, a week out of sequence to read yet more about the oak in the honor and the oak's place here at the summer solstice, as well as other trees that mark each of those eight um, holy holidays during the year. So. Where we are in our order on these 13 moons is that we have come to tree number nine. And that is the 
Hazel, also known as the Silbert. This is Call. And I believe that when we were last together, that we talked about hazelnuts. We talked about Cinderella's mom being a hazel tree and that uh, hazel wood makes good tool handles and barrels and that like all trees, hazelnut leaves could be used and bark could be used as an astringent. But what I didn't talk about, (coughs) excuse me, is something that I add to this which is not in the original Trees of the Thirteen Moons. And that is to talk to you a little bit about witch hazel. And witch hazel is a tree of the New World, so it certainly wasn't part of the oakum. And it's called witch hazel because the leaves looked to the people who came here from Europe like the leaves of a hazel tree. So they expected that it would have nuts, but it never had nuts, and therefore it must be because it was a bewitched hazel. It was cursed. (laughs) Cursed hazel, exactly. The bewitched hazel never has any nuts, and so it became witch hazel. Now, I always like to give a deep bow to Witch Hazel because Witch Hazel in Little Lulu comic books was really my first contact with anything at all magical. Mm. I was just an ordinary kid growing up in, you know, ordinary Texas town of Dallas, and I loved to read comic books, and I read them all, but in Little Lulu there was always a segment with Witch Hazel, and Witch Hazel had a pointy head, and she had a cauldron, and she was a real witch. And I always look forward to those Witch Hazel stories, and then how amazing to discover that a plant is called Witch Hazel, and that some writer was making a coy pun, which of course is way beyond my childlike comprehension, but recalled enough to to give me a giggle as an adult, this very first witch was indeed Witch Hazel. There's a small wasp that lays its eggs on the leaves of the Witch Hazel tree. And this wasp, like many of these tiny wasps, and I mean they are tiny, you pretty much need a microscope to see them, Mm. they cause galls when they lay their eggs in places. So they can lay their eggs on oak trees, and you get like a round papery gall that you often find on the forest floor. Or they can lay their eggs in goldenrod stalks, and you'll see them swell up with the gall in the fall. And from these galls hatch. There's an egg in there, and then it hatches. It goes through its larval stages, and it comes out. It's this fully formed tiny, 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 tiny little wasp. But in each case, It's a different wasp, and the egg case looks different. And the ones that are laid on the witch hazel, the egg case looks like the pointy part of a witch's hat. So the leaf is like the brim of the hat, and then there's, and there, oh, gosh, certainly not more than three-quarters of an inch high. So there's these little green cones sticking up from the leaf, which really look like witch's hats. So that's another way to identify the witch 
Hazel. Now, I like to take my classes down to the Witch Hazel Grove and to sit in the Witch Hazel Grove. It's always going to be in a kind of hollow. And if it's not wet right there, it's going to be wet nearby. So it's a good idea to take mosquito repellent if we're going to go talk to the Witch Hazels. They do like to be where it's wet. And thus another reason for them to be called Witch Hazel because people who witch for water use witch hazel wands. Huh. You know the people witching for water, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's another word to describe dowsing. So when we're dowsing, we tune in to the energy of water underground. People can douse other things. Water dowsing is the primary dowsing that is usually done. And especially, like in areas where I live, the water dowsers are very highly respected. Because you're drilling, and you're going to be drilling through sometimes rock. You better know how far down you're going to go, because you might give up five feet from the water. Say, drilling a well, you're probably going to have a dowser there to help you with the drilling. And the dowsers say that the witch hazel, because of its affinity for low places in water, is the best wood in the hand for finding where the water is, for witching out the water. So here we are among the witch hazels. And one of the first things I think that you'll notice is they're not really trees. Now, I mentioned as we got past the oak and moved into the latter half of the trees of the 13 moons that some of these are going to seem quite untree-like to us. We're still here with hazel and witch hazel and things that most people would describe as a tree. It's an upright thing, you know, taller than you are. Leaves and flowers and fruits are nuts and tree. But... Both the hazel tree and especially the witch hazel tree are smallish trees. And witch hazel trees tend to grow in clumps. And by smallish, I mean maybe 15, 20 feet. Really smallish. And in clumps. And I like for us to find a dry edge where we are. A dry place here among the witch hazels. And we'll pull down a branch and we'll look at the leaves. And I'll tell you a story about the witch hazel. Now, I don't really know if this story is true or not, but I think it's a kind of funny story, and so maybe it doesn't matter whether or not it's true. They say that everything got created in just a few days, like six days, and everything from the ground up. Sky and ground and everything was created in six days. Now, you know, and I know, if you're going to do a big project like that, on a tight deadline, you need a lot of help. And you have to have that help really organized. I will admit to having a Catholic girlhood, although I will also admit to not studying real hard, but I kind of remember something about the hierarchies of the angels. And so I'm going to imagine, and maybe you could imagine right along with me, that while all this creating was going on, that these hierarchies of the angels, they were the ones who were, you know, really responsible for, shall we call it, the nuts and the bolts or the birds and the bees and the the seeds and the flowers kind of stuff. 
so surely the great creator was saying, you know, let there be light and let there be flowers. But then we have to go down through the hierarchies of the angels to actually get to the specific flower, like the one in your in your wildflower guide. So we're going to look in on um, one of the the lower echelons of the uh, the angels, not not real low, but but lower echelon, and and this angel is responsible for forest trees. And, of course, this angel has to give out assignments on the forest trees. And to the the smallest cherubim, he gives the assignment of the witch hazel. At the end of the time for creation of all the plants, all of the cherubs and cherubim must come back to this angel and report. And we're going to listen in while our cherubim reports about creating the witch hazel tree. And so the angel says, all right, now tell me how tall your tree is. And the, and the cherub says, my tree's 20 feet tall. And the angel looks up and says, excuse me, tree. A tree is tall. 20 feet is not very tall. Well, said the cherub, if, if I hadn't made so many of them, they could have been taller. But I put, you know, like... Ten of them together, and so I had to take the 200 feet that I had for the tree and divide it by that ten, so they're each one about 20 feet, but it's a nice slump, and it looks real pretty. The angel was silent for a moment and then bent once over, once again over his writing and wrote down 20 feet, grows in clumps. Yes, indeed, said the angel. Now, would you please show me the leaf of the witch hazel? And here we are, I'm holding one of the branches down, pulling one of the branches down so that you can see a leaf and you might want to look on the ground around you and see for if there's like an oak leaf or, or a maple leaf. And you'll notice the wonderful symmetry of the oak leaf or the maple leaf or perhaps even the birch leaf or the beech leaf. You'll see that if you fold those leaves in half, the two halves will pretty much meet. But look at this witch hazel leaf. On a kind day, I say, it looks like it's cut out by a... Uh, left-handed person using right-handed scissors on a day when they've had a little bit too much to drink or maybe not enough to drink. Quite erratic. Fold the two edges together. Goodness gracious, they certainly don't meet at all. Our angel, you can imagine, is a bit skeptical about this, but the cherub convinces the angel that this is a wonderfully creative way to do a leaf. And after all, what does it matter whether or not the two halves of the leaf are the same? And well, yes, one half of the leaf comes further down on the stalk than the other one does, but that's just part of the creativity, and the angel should just, like, unwind and get with it, okay? And so the angel, you know, it's been a long day, does indeed try to just unwind and get with it, and says, all right. Let's go on to the next thing. You have a tree, well, a clump of trees, ten of them together, about 20 feet high, and it has a leaf that looks like, oh, well, we'll just go on from what it looks like. And I'm almost afraid to ask you this, but does your tree, does it flower? Tell me your tree has flowers. Well, of course, said the chair. What do you think? I, I, I don't know about, about sex. Of course my tree flowers. My tree has to have flowers. Oh, good, said the angel. You've finally done something right. When does your tree flower? In January, says the cherub. January. January, says the angel. January. You don't know about sex, as it turns out, because you wouldn't have made your tree flower in January when there were no pollinators to help your tree have sex. Well, that's simply not true, said the, the cherub. In fact, I have a friend in insect, and my friend in insect made an insect which hatches and is flying around in January just to pollinate my tree. Our angel 
is taking deep breaths now and trying not to get anxious. All right. All right, says the angel. Your tree doesn't need flower. And I have but one last question for you. And truly, I am frightened to ask you this question, but I must. Does your tree have fruit or nuts? Yes, said the cherub. My tree has nuts. At last, said the angel, something ordinary. Well, maybe not, said the cherub, because my nuts take two years to get ripe. And when they get ripe, the capsule that they are in snaps open with a loud bang and shoots the nut far away. I see, said the angel, no, certainly not normal at all. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that since on the next day the the, the things that fly through the air and the things that walk on the ground were made, I think our cherub went on to create the dodo bird. Just a guess. Who knows? Uh-huh. Which, <laughs> which Hazel, <laughs> for all that it was perhaps made by a cherub who needs a little more practice in making plants, is a terrific herbal remedy. And one of the few herbal remedies that you can simply walk into a drugstore and say, give me some witch hazel. There's actually bottles of witch hazel extract sold right there in the drugstore, and you want to get the stuff that doesn't have any scent or uh, any kind of extra roses or aloe in it. Just a straight witch hazel will do excellent. I had a friend, a very dear friend, that I spent a lot of time with who smoked cigarettes. And I didn't mind. My mom smoked cigarettes when she was pregnant with me, and when I was a baby, so to me, the smell of tobacco, it's the smell of love. But she was very careful and fastidious about herself and her hygiene and did not want to go about smelling of tobacco, which she didn't think smelled good. And so she would carry witch hazel with her. And after she smoked, she would rinse her mouth with witch hazel, just the ordinary witch hazel, from the drugstore. She's not swallowing. She's just rinsing her mouth. And then she would spit it out and pour a little witch hazel between her hands and use her hands to run it through her hair. And witch hazel is such a potent deodorizer that you could not smell any of the tobacco smoke on her at all. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really fabulous. In fact, I was once part of a team that was caring for a woman who was 104 years old. And she was indeed bedridden. We could not move her from her bed. And so this made her hygiene, you know, rather difficult for us. And we found witch hazel to be a fabulous ally. We would wet a washcloth with it and use it to very, very gently touch up her skin. Skin gets very fragile when it's that old. And we would uh, pour the witch hazel on a natural bristle hairbrush and brush it through her hair. It wasn't a lot of her hair, and she wasn't going places, so it wasn't getting really dirty. But it would just keep it sparkly and nice, fresh-smelling, and her fresh-smelling. And that's what we really want, especially when we're laying there in bed. Witch hazel, of course, is a primary astringent. And if you buy it at the drugstore, there's going to be all kinds of suggestions right there on the bottle for using it as an astringent. It's going to say, you can put this stuff on poison ivy and it'll make it stop itching. And that's true. It'll say, you can put this stuff on insect bites and it'll make them stop itching. And that's true, too. It says, you can put this stuff on minor wounds and it will help them to heal. And that's true, too. And a whole lot better thing to do than pouring alcohol on it. Mm. <coughs> or putting iodine on it. Drink 
drinking later. Or even putting hydrogen peroxide on it, which is, a, is one of the kindest things that you can get at the drugstore that you can use to help yourself with wound healing. Hmm. Which hazel, of course, being a primary astringent, is not just for insect bites and poison ivy. It is also perhaps the world's most renowned remedy for hemorrhoids. Or perhaps we should say for people who have hemorrhoids, because that astringent uh, quality of it causes swollen tissues, and the hemorrhoid is a swollen tissue to shrink, and to shrink rapidly. As a matter of fact, the hemorrhoid is a, a varicose vein in an unmentionable place. And so, witch hazel is also used to help counter pain and swelling from varicose veins, and to help make small varicose veins almost disappear. In the case of hemorrhoids, moist towelettes of witch hazel are sold in the same drugstore, so that you can just open a moist towelette and use that for a treatment of the hemorrhoid area, or you can buy the bottle and get a cloth yourself that you can use. Or you can pour some witch hazel into a basin with warm water and sit in it as a sits bath to help relieve the pain and the swelling of hemorrhoids. Or even buy witch hazel bark, put an ounce or two in a quart jar, fill it up with boiling water, let it steep overnight, and then put that bark and all if you want to, or you can strain it with some warm water into a basin and sit in that. The last remedy is certainly the strongest one. I have had people tell me that they have had bleeding hemorrhoids and that they've used witch hazel from the drugstore, and although it relieved the itching and the pain, it didn't really make the hemorrhoid go away. But that once they started doing sits bath and actual witch hazel bark infusion, that it very rapidly changed what was going on with their hemorrhoids. Mm. Other kinds of things that we would think of where an astringent and a shrinker would help would be any kind of swelling, any kind of tumor. That could be like a lymphatic swelling in the armpit or in the throat. It could be bleeding, not just bleeding from a wound, but bleeding from gums. It could be diarrhea. Now, you do not want to drink the witch hazel from the drugstore. They put some kind of poisonous alcohol in it so that you can't drink it. So don't. If you want to drink witch hazel, if you want to use it against diarrhea, you'll have to actually get the witch hazel bark. And as I said, put an ounce or two in a quart jar, fill it up with boiling water, tightly lid, and allow that to steep overnight. And then you're ready to use that. It doesn't take much. Usually by the sip the witch hazel infusion to stop diarrhea. And it can, of course, be used in a wide variety of skin problems, especially skin problems that are itchy, red, swollen, or oozy. Mm. Witch hazel is winter bloom. I'm going to end this evening with a story about myself and witch hazel. The land I'm living on, I came to live on in the fall of 1978. And I had two land partners. And the first year that we lived together on the land was not easy for any of us. 
and by the winter of 1979-1980. First one and then the other of my land partners left. And I was bereaved. I was walking on the land in a light snowfall. I was so bereaved that I had decided I was going to throw myself off a cliff. Now, we must understand that this is more symbolic than true because most of the cliffs around me are, oh, you know, 8 to 10 feet tall. They're not huge cliffs. And there was some snow. I would probably would have landed in snow. Probably the worst that would have done to me is I would have landed in some brambles and gotten scratched up. But I was in that mindset, trudging through the snow with my face down, and I was going to jump off a cliff and goodbye, cruel world, and all that, because I was bereaved, and life was not going the way I wanted it to going at all, and whap! I walked right into a blooming witch hazel tree. Mm. And I looked at that tree. That silly Stupid tree, surrounded by snow, covered by snow, blooming. And I had to laugh. I had to laugh so hard that I had to sit down in the snow and laugh at the foolishness and the foolhardiness of this tree blooming in the middle of the winter. And then I turned around and went home and made myself a bowl of soup. And I'd like to remember that witch hazel tree that I literally ran into, that winter bloom. When things aren't going the way I think they should be going and when I'm feeling sad. Something that interfered with your um, path, interfered with the path of that day (laughs) and helped you. Exactly. It says, ta-da, flower. Ta-da, stop being so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it happens, nature happens, everything happens It's how it you do It all happens, it sure does So thus we end the ninth moon And when we return next week We will talk about the tenth moon Muin, a climbing plant One of the mysteries of the trees of the thirteen moons Awesome so keep playing, keep enjoying. Happy summer solstice, everybody. And we'll be right back as the weather gets hotter and hotter. Remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine that grows right outside your door. Good night. And green blessings to you. Green blessings. And, folks, this one we'll be ending with is also off of our album, Songs of the New Old Ways. It's called That Dawn We Fight. First the plug will happen, then the song. Or actually, I'll do the song first. Here we go. It's called At Dawn We Fight. My bad.
Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. 
All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Okay, I already introduced.